Hey, it's Chef Carla, and welcome to Show Up Fully. This is a podcast where I talk to other creatives and entrepreneurs about how they show up in their real lives. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist, photographer, and entrepreneur. You can find more about me in today's show notes and find me on Instagram at Chef Carla underscore C. Today's guest is Victoria Granoff, and I feel like I am, I am, it's the truth. I am in the presence of a legend right now, and if you don't know Victoria, like, get out Google right now. She is your friend, and Google Victoria Granoff. And I met Victoria many years before we actually officially met on Instagram. I met her assistant, Michelle Gatton. And Michelle is one of Victoria's protégés, and her work is absolutely incredible. She is a food stylist as well. And I met Victoria through my friend, Sarah Copeland. She had commented on one of your posts on Instagram, and immediately I was like, oh my goodness, this is Victoria. And I started commenting, and we went back and forth and it's been incredible. So Victoria, I would love for you to introduce yourself and how you serve the world in so many different ways. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Carla. This is such a pleasure. Can you, this is such a pleasure to be here with you. Um, how do, and, and now you're making me blush. I'm glad this is only audio. Um, how do I serve the world? Well, you know what? I am raising I am raising a man. That's my big pro. My big project is that I am bringing a young man into the world and I'm raising him to be a good person, a good citizen, a good partner, a good collaborator. And that's, that's number one. So in a very small way from my little home, that is one thing I'm doing. And then how else do I serve the world? I, you know, I was listening to your podcast with uh, Sarah, our friend, Sarah Copeland, dear friend, Sarah. And, um, you know, she talked about mentoring and that is really the kind of the joy also of my life. And you spoke about Michelle. She is my absolute, it gives me almost as much joy to see her success as it does to raise that stinky kid in the other room. Um, he, he is, she, I mean, she came to me and she was kind of, she had a lot of, a lot of things she was doing a lot. She was doing photography. She was studio managing. She's another, another one of us entrepreneur kind of hands in everything food people. Um, and I took her under my wing. She was an amazing protege, absolutely amazing. If you've ever had anybody who, um, who just drinks in information and wants more and more and more, um, that was Michelle. And, and she was extremely talented. So uh, mentoring is a way. Um, I'm currently putting together a little community cookbook for my son's school he has autism, and so his school is, um, you know, it's a school for special needs kids. And it's so gratifying, and it is so sweet because it's recipes from all of the parents and the teachers and everybody's from – we have, I think, about 50 recipes so far, and they represent almost as many countries. 
uh, it's just really amazing. It's kind of like a little microcosm of New York City. Um, and I, what else do I do? How do I serve the world? I serve the world by being a good person with integrity and creativity and I don't know. I don't know. Prompt me. How else do I serve the world? Oh my gosh. You, you're a director. You oh, do styling. You do. I mean, I love how you show up on Instagram because it's in such a way that literally only it's you. It's only you. <laughs> I love your hands. I love your stories. It invokes oh, so much emotion. You. And I love seeing your work in the world. I mean, your cook, like the cookbooks, even even the Food 52 recipe. And I see that. Okay. So I'm a mom of two. And believe it or not, this is a recipe that's passed along from other moms because I will see it in the mom group. And I'm like, ah, that's Victoria. There she is. So that recipe has that recipe has a life of its own. It is the craziest thing. And it came from it came from my chickpea book, my short stack chickpea book. But um, you know, it was something that I had done. I have a an elderly aunt and she from Sicily, and she does that where she fries the t- she makes like backward tomato sauce where she fries the garlic and the oil, then she fries the tomato paste, then she puts the water in and it's like the craziest, most delicious thing. So that came from her. And I don't know, it just, it just caught fire. And it's the simplest, humblest little thing. But um, I don't know, I have people sending it back to me too. It's so funny, not realizing it was mine. Yeah, I don't know. There's that one. And then there's now the um, Bon Appetit uh, Simple is Best Thanksgiving dressing, the stuffing recipe. There was also almost a nothing thing that's just something so simple. And and that's, you know, that's sort of following the pasta and chickpea thing. But um, yeah, and I also... I don't know. I'm looking, I don't mentor as much as I used to because the, the kind of the quality of my work has changed the, not the quality, but the character of it has changed. We used to have a lot of, um, obviously there were a lot of magazines. And so I do a lot of editorial and then advertising and it was just jobs on top of jobs on top of jobs. And um, now it's almost strictly advertising, although I love editorial and working with brands. And, um, and I, as you said, I started, I just directed my first commercials this past week. So I'm excited about that. And, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't have a, I don't have an assistant that I work with consistently enough to really mentor them the way I like thoroughly. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to ask you your last meal. (laughs) Okay. You're going to think I'm lying, but on this, okay, shoot me. Um, on this directing job, Frances Boswell was my, um, she was my food stylist. And we had arugula was one of the things we used. And she called Natura. Do you know Natura, the app, N-A-T-O-O-R-A? Amazing. She called and she ordered this wild arugula. The wild arugula was flowering wild arugula. And the, oh yeah, 
And this same aunt I was talking about, we would go when I would visit Sicily and later when she moved to Sonoma in California, we would go harvest the flowers from arugula and broccoli and mustard, which is all the same family. And she would make frittata out of them. And we would forage for them. Um, back when, you know, only cows foraged and peasants, we would forage. Um, and we would forage for these things and make a frittata. And I made, I, I took home the arugula, a lot of it, and I just made a little frittata with the flowers from the arugula. And water, very, very interesting. But that was my last But it sounds magical. It's more magical when you're actually in the countrysides, you know, picking it first, but it was pretty magical. It's pretty magical. Yeah. So pretty. I didn't take a picture of it. Oh, I should have. I forget sometimes. I don't know if people want to see pictures of my food. I don't, whatever. (laughs) I get tired of people who just post pictures of food just to post. I don't really care what you ate. Not my problem. I'm not really interested unless I'm eating it with you, but if it's visually interesting, I like it. Do you know who else I love? Hannah Kirshner. Do you follow her? No. Oh, you have to follow her. Her uh, handle on Instagram, her handle is sweets N, letter N, bitters. But she today has just come out with her first cookbook. And she's um, she's just, she's from Washington State. She grew up on a farm. She lives here in Red Hook you know, raises chickens with her husband. And she lives part time in a little mountain town in Japan. And she was working in a sake bar. Like the whole story is in this book. And this book is called Wood, Water and Oh, God, I can't remember. It's on my Instagram from yesterday or the day or Yeah. And it's all about how she has lived in this mountain town. And she's gone to all these artisans who are making, you know, salt out of seaweed and, and her writing and her illustrations and all of that. And she assisted me for 10 minutes and I told her she was wasting her time. Like, just you're wasting your time with me. Go go be who you are and do something. And that's what she did. And I don't know how we got on it, but she's amazing. And you have to get the book and follow her. And her I recipes. I, that's what it's I think I yeah, I think I do. You know what? Now that you're describing my, this. Story, I can't imagine. I know her. her. I can't now imagine you don't. Of course I do. Yeah. Kindred soul. Yeah. But, so I'm gonna ask you. Oh, go ahead. No, but her recipes are very simple. They're these simple, very magical recipes. When you look at them, you go, Oh, I get it. I, I it's like that makes perfect sense. And I think there's a place there's a little sweet spot in everybody's kind of emotions where those that simplicity hits and it's very hard to it's very hard to develop a recipe that hits that it's almost like you do it by accident and it kind of has a life of its own and draws people to it so i feel the same way about pictures of people's food there are some pictures that just you know sarah's got a lot of those pictures where you just go like, oh, this is so emotional. And the pictures of your kids, I if once they get too big for their hands to be cute in pictures, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna be so upset. I'm gonna be so upset. I love their little hands. Ella's hands are getting a little big now, though. 
They're getting, they're getting, I mean, you've known the kids since they were, I think one of the first things we bonded over, you were canning tomatoes and Massimo was a baby. Massimo must have been, Massimo must have been three or four weeks old. Yeah. And we started, we started to talk and even like teething on Parmesan that came from you. That came from the chickpea book. Yeah, that came from my son. Yeah, he's got really strong teeth now, so it works, I will say. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think that we should go into showing up because I think that that's really, I think that it's a big word in entrepreneurship. It's a big word in wellness. It's a big word even in spirituality. and showing up and what does it mean to show up in the world? And I feel like you've been talking about this this entire time of how you show up through mentorship and through your work and through recipes. But are there other ways that you show up and including your son as well? Like, it sounds like you have this very rich life in which you show up fully for. Um, I guess I guess objectively it's, it's full. Um, it, the one thing that just keeps coming back when I hear, when I think of that showing up fully is it's really hard. I think it's, it's hard for people who have a lot of commitments and have lives and have, and, and do show up for everybody. It's hard to, to find time to express yourself. And I think when we can express ourselves in whatever medium is right for us, whatever calls us, whatever, whatever opens your soul up to the world. You know, there's that, I have a really, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. I think that when you're expressing who you are by what you love to do, it's infectious. It's unfortunate that we're in the middle of a pandemic to use that word, but in its best sense, it is infectious. It is. You can be near somebody's work. You can be just, you can experience what somebody does, whether it's making a can of, whether it's making a jar of jelly or creating a whole ad campaign or crocheting an Afghan or whatever it is. Um, or successfully doing someone's taxes, you know, anything where whenever you're expressing yourself, it lifts everybody around you. And that to me is showing up in the world. And I know that doesn't, it seems as though it's a little abstract and it doesn't directly affect other people, but all you have to do is look at these recipes, recipes and pictures and things that are in our world that catch on a little picture of a beautiful little three-month-old hand can lift so many people, so many people. And, you know, I work with, I work with kids at my son's school. And as I said, you know, they're on the autism spectrum and there's some, some of them are just so miraculous when they, when they're expressing themselves fully it's funny and it's sweet and it's charming and it's silly and it's awkward and, you know, and it, it just resonates so, so, so much. And 
I don't know. I think that's, that's really what comes back to me more and more is that, you know, and then there's self care and I'm too cynical. Anytime I hear somebody say self care, I'm like, Oh God, please self care. Easy for you to say you should be practicing self care. You're not the self that's caring. You know, it's very easy. And I'm very cynical about that self care phrase. I know what it means. And you know, it means different things for different people. For me, it means morning meditation. Um, I have to do my morning meditation and I, I also find time for small meditations throughout the day. Um, and I think that's so, 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 so important. And I do a lot of breathing exercises. I stop and do, you know, box breathing, which is also a very kind of experiential sort of a thing where it, it takes up space in the world and it's, a, I don't know, it's just a strange, um, I don't know. And then, you know, obviously there's feeding yourself well and getting enough sleep and all of that, but really meditation, breathing and being in integrity, really being in integrity. And that's not always advantageous to a working person that doesn't always work in your favor. If you're being, um, you know, being in integrity doesn't mean the people that you're dealing with are also going to be in integrity, but I don't know. I think it's important to just, to just, Oh God, I think I'm trying to think of a way to say this. It doesn't sound hackneyed and boring, but it doesn't sound like I'm going to say, be true to who you are, but that is what I'm going to say. I don't know. Walk your own path. I don't know. I can't think of anything better to say, but that's, that's showing up to me. I love that. And, and I love sharing. to share and sharing. Yeah. Sharing knowledge, just sharing knowledge, sharing knowledge. You know, I was, we were talking about it before and I just said, you know, there's a, a tenet in Judaism that says that, you know, knowledge and education is something that's immortal. And if you pass on knowledge and you teach somebody, you're giving them a gift that no one can take away from them. And that's, that is really, whether it's teaching somebody how to start this Zen caster monstrosity, bless them, or I mean, that thing is the funniest, you know, or, or teaching a craft or te- whatever it is. Teaching is giving somebody a gift that no one else can take away from them. That's really important to me. So beautiful, Victoria. Thank you. What do you do when you don't want to show up? And I think that this is such an important Ooh, question that's because a- we can say how we want to show up in the world. How we And I love creation. Creation is like, mm-hmm. is my calling in this world. Um, and meditation we could talk for days about, mm-hmm. but what happens when you don't want to show up? What happens, you know, in this, you can take it however you like. Um, well, what I first heard when you said that just now was what happens to other people? What's the fallout? Um, and I think I might care a, a, a bit much, a bit too much about other people than I don't know, but I just do. And there you go. Um, what happens when I don't want to show up? Well, I don't. And it comes back. 
you know, anything that's anything that is mine to do, anything that I've either taken on or has been given to me to take on or the universe has me taking on or anything that is mine to take on is still going to be there if I don't want to show up. It's going to be there when I stop feeling like I don't want to show up and I feel like I'm showing up again. It will be there waiting for me. Um, it's not, and it will have been doing push-ups in the other room waiting for me to show up. So whether it's, you know, whether it's inspiration or motivation or whatever it is, or writer's block, I get a lot of writer's block. Um, it's there, it's dormant and it's, it's not going anywhere. So whatever task I think, or whatever I, whatever I'm, not up to in any moment or whatever I'm not facing or whatever I'm not doing or whatever I'm not taking on, it's not going to go away. And there's a lot of acceptance in that. Um, and so I, it actually, it kind of frees me up to just show up because we just have right now, right this moment. And what happens if I don't, what happens if I don't with my son is I do feel the fallout because he's like a mirror. I think our kids are kind of mirrors of us in a lot of ways, you know, and they're like little emotional sponges too. So I see it in his eyes. I see it in his behavior if I'm not showing up, you know, and that's usually not pleasant with a 17 year old. Um, yeah, that's what happens when I don't show up, but that's a, that's something I've learned because I was an awful, awful procrastinator, awful, terrible. I still procrastinate a lot, but I've found a site called Focus Master that's Focus Mate that's like amazing. Um, yeah, I used to be a big procrastinator until I realized that everything was just going to sit there. It was still going to be there waiting for me, so I might as well just do it. Yeah. I love that. Is that how you... I'm going to ask you a follow-up question about yeah. writer's block because I, I, I have a lot of this and I'm, and I'm wondering if other people are interested in hearing like how you work around a creativity block. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, how, you know what I do? I usually, usually my process is that I have not reached that block just, I don't wake up and I'm blocked. I reach it through a process of writing and writing or creating and creating and getting to the place where I just can't break through. And at that point, I stop what I'm doing. I unplug virtually or practically and I tear up all the paper. I delete everything. I go into meditation for a little bit and I start right back at square one without any, I, I, cause once you, once you're, once you've got something going and you're trying to work your way through it and you're trying to find something, what you've pretty much done is built up so much blockage that all you're doing is blocking yourself and, and creating more blockages and more blockages. And at that point you have to just wipe the slate clean and say this, I, this is not working. I have to just wipe it clean. And usually when it's about writing, I will take my phone and I'll voice record 
my voice, this is a little weird, but if I'm writing about, you know, chickpeas, let's say, I will talk to myself as though I'm counseling myself on chickpeas. And I'll say, you know, Victoria, why are you so why are you so worried about this chickpea thing? What is it that you need to talk about? I mean, you know chickpeas are just a blah blah blah. And when I start kind of talking to myself about the subject, I go, "Oh, that's it. It's my own voice that I'm blocking. It's my own voice that I'm blocking. I'm trying to talk over myself. I'm trying to create over myself, and it's an expectation I'm doing it with an expectation of somebody else accepting it instead of just doing it with no expectation, just expressing it and doing it and putting it out. That's, that's what I find. It's my own voice. I'm trying to, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, writing is a strange thing. Teaches us a lot about ourselves, the whole process. And I realized that, um, I'm an afternoon writer. So now I don't even try to write anything before two o'clock. I just don't. I don't even try because I know I'm not a morning writer. Just not my thing. So that's how I get. And I think everybody, I think anyone who writes or creates has a certain time of day that they resonate with. And that's their sweet spot. And just give yourself a break and don't even try to create anything. Unless you have a horrible deadline that you have to meet. but you know, find what's right for you. Find the time of day that's right for you. Paint your wall a different color. I once painted my wall Roomba orange because I was so blocked. I thought maybe if I look at a different color and it completely opened up my world completely. I just painted the wall Roomba orange. I'll never forget. Yeah. Just looking at That's incredible. Yeah. That's weird. Maybe I should do that again. I'm living with all white walls all of a sudden. Very strange. Anyway. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we go? Well, here's what I want to share. I'm, I'm going to, sh- wait, do I have it here? Oh, I don't have one here. Oh, shoot. I've been, cr- well, you can, I posted a picture of it on our Instagram. I've been, my, one of my COVID projects was crocheting these Afghans out of scraps of um, scraps of yarn, and people have been asking to buy them, and I can't, I don't have time to sit and crochet now that I'm vaccinated, um, but um, I I'm working to start a group of women, like a little collective of women who have to work from home for whatever reason, and I'm looking for people who can crochet, who are good crocheters who are housebound for whatever reason, and that I will pay them to help me crochet these things. And then, you know, we'll start a little cottage industry with these. And and I'm thinking single mothers. So I would like to put that out there. If anybody happens to know anybody, I would like, I would like to show up for that. And it has to be somebody who, you know, there's so many of us, so many single mothers like myself who, you know, don't have the luxury of staying home with our kids. We have to work. So I would love to be able to provide a wage for somebody or a way for people to stay with their children and work from home. And this is kind of the only way I can do it. So that's what I have to say. And I hope somebody can help. I think it would be great. 
Thank you for giving me this opportunity to say that. Hope that wasn't too much of a pitch, but I really please pitch us. Please, I I need to find people that can do that because that's so. We could really start something beautiful that way. Yeah, I think that's incredible. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you. I had so much fun with you. We could talk too. Oh my gosh, all day. If I didn't have the second vaccination appointment, I would be still talking to you. We'd still be on the phone. Can I see, oh, where are the kids? Are they at school? They're at school. Oh, They're at God. school today. They're at school today. But you will see them. We will. Okay. We will. Okay, good. Thank you so much, Carla. This has been so lovely. Thank you so much, Victoria. Okay. So that's how we can support you. We can, and yeah. we can find you on Instagram. Of course, at Victoria Granoff, 1F. And your website? VictoriaGranoff.com, 1F. And if people want to work with you in terms of directing or food styling, they can contact you Just contact on your website? me through my website and I'll send you to the right to the right people. And also, you know what? I love, I'm starting, a, um, working on a cookbook with Nicole Taylor, a Juneteenth cookbook. And I love doing cookbooks. That's like my little passion fun project. And it's, it's. Yeah. So if anybody has a cookbook out there that they need help with, I just, that's one of my favorite things to do. Not big bucks at all. Don't get scared. It's almost like a passion project for me. So anyway. Amazing. Well, thank you for putting that out there. And thank you everyone for listening to this magical episode with Victoria Granoff. I am so I just I'm just so honored and humbled to be in your presence and I'm I'm very thankful. And if anybody is listening to this on iTunes, please rate, review, subscribe. If you are on Instagram, take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me and Victoria. Our handles are going to be in the show notes and I'm sending you and yours love. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.